Praise God. Well, let me tell you, tell you a little story. There was a, a young mother, and she was making pancakes for her two little boys, uh, Douglas, who was five, and uh, Thomas, who was three. And uh, they're chomping at the bit, so the boys are at the table, and they begin to argue over who's going to get the first pancake. And mom, she sees an opportunity for a moral lesson here. And so she says, well, you know, boys, if Jesus was here, he would say, let my brother have the first pancake. And they said, okay. And so Douglas, the five-year-old, tells Thomas, he says, Thomas, you be Jesus. (laughs) Hallelujah. Lord, thank you for this day, and thank you for all of your wonderful love and blessings, and <laughs> your truth, and your praise, and we just praise you, Lord. We give you all the praise, and all the glory, all the, all the honor. This is the day the Lord has made. We'll, be, we'll rejoice and be glad in it, Lord, and we just thank you that laughter is good medicine, uh, and we just love you for loving us so much, and that we can rest in your finished work, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Turn to, uh, in your Bibles, if you have them, to John chapter 15. And I'm probably just going to let you rest there today. And uh, we'll see how that goes, huh? But I was talking about the kingdom of God last week, which is really every week. But I want you to focus in on the kingdom of God. The fact is, it is a kingdom. It has a king, and it has laws and principles and subjects and a throne. And there are things that make that kingdom work. There are laws in place, and we need to understand them. Because whether you know it or not, uh, these laws exist, and the principles that govern them and not knowing them or denying their existence, just uh, it means that you can be working against them or they can still be doing you harm because you don't, haven't learned to cooperate or participate in the things that were in place for your benefit, you see. Just like electricity is a natural thing that uh, we need to understand, don't we? It does us a lot of good. Especially right now in these 100 degree temperatures every day. (laughs) If it weren't for air conditioning. Well how many of you know that that would not work well without electricity? But when you have little ones that are immature and uh, lacking knowledge. You get all them little plastic stoppers for your electrical outlets right? Because they like to stick stuff in there. So there's some hazards that come with electricity. And we're all too aware of those, but uh, once we learn to cooperate with it, we, we know that it's a blessing. Well, how many of you want to be sure to receive all the benefits of grace that Jesus died to provide you with? Amen. Amen. Well, uh, we talked a lot about that and about not wanting to frustrate the grace of God, which is possible. And the way that we see that we frustrate the grace of God We don't anger the grace of God. We frustrate it by leaving it unused. What blesses God is for us to use everything that Jesus died to pay the price to give us. And I think a lot of the tears that will be wiped away when we get to heaven will be by Jesus because of some of the things that we say, oh my goodness. The Bible even says when we see Satan stand before the the judgment seat, when he, is, when he is judged and condemned, we're going to say, he did all that? The one that you've been given authority over. And listen, I love you and I love all the body of Christ. I love everyone who I don't even know and who isn't saved because I, I don't know which ones of them will choose Jesus. And so I'm still hoping and believing. But I hear a lot more 
what really amounts to bragging on the devil than on God. Even in our conversations and our prayer meetings and requests, there's just more on what the devil is doing or has done than on what God has done and provided through the atonement. And if you don't understand that healing is just as much a part of your inheritance as the forgiveness of your sins, then you need to find out. All of the grace of God that brings salvation it, it, the, has appeared to all men, Titus 2, 11 and 12 talk about. But not all men are saved, and not all, even those that are saved, are walking in the blessings of the Lord, in the grace of God, you see. They're not under grace, but they're under the law because they place themselves there. The law of sin and death. That's another law of the kingdom. This is an empowering message, not a critical one, okay? So don't get in your feelings. Just put your antennas up and say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take these truths and I'm gonna make them my own, Lord. Yeah. There's the law starting in the beginning of the Bible in Genesis chapter one called the law of Genesis. And it says that everything reproduces according to its own kind or own nature. Everything's in seed form. I talk about the law of sowing and reaping every week and I will some more because Jesus said, if you don't understand it, you won't understand anything he talks about. And our life should be about everything that Jesus talked about. Amen, or oh me. Never forget, though, even though we talk about these laws and the principles that apply to, apply to them, that receiving from God is not transactional, it's relational. It's all about a relationship with the Lord God Almighty. John 17, 3 said that's the very meaning of eternal life. Knowing God the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ, whom He has sent. So it's more important to focus on the who than the what or the how. And the who in all that matters is found in the person of Jesus Christ. So in John chapter 15, I'm just going to start reading to you. And I don't know when I'm going to stop. <laughs> Jesus speaking on the last fateful night of his life here on earth before he was crucified. He said, I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. That it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word. Because of the seed that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me or remain in me, and my words abide in you. See that? Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified. Wow. That you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. 
No longer do I call you servants, for the servants servant does not know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends, for all that I have heard from my Father and have have made to, have made known have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide or remain. So that whatever you ask the Father in my name. He may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. And then he goes on to talking about if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hates you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If you... If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had come and spoke, if I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen and hated both me and my father. But the word that is written in their law must be fulfilled. They hated me without a cause. But when the helper, the Holy Spirit, comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me, and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. So I read the entire 15th chapter. I just couldn't help myself. It's awesome. Whenever I just, I feel like I need to be a little closer to Jesus, I end up in that last, starting around the 14th chapter of John, and I just read, and I take comfort and I, I just let him restore my soul. Amen. Amen. In this parable of the kingdom of God, Jesus is the vine. And the vine dresser or the gardener or the owner of the entire vineyard is our, our father God in heaven. And the life or the sap, you would say, in the vine is the Holy Spirit. And the branches on the vine are the true disciples of Jesus, real Christians. God's main objective in his garden is fruit. And he's looking for fruit in two main forms. First, fruit of character in the believer. You know, our acronym here is HELP, to heal everywhere we hurt, to empower, be empowered through the promises of God, to be loved with the love of God, and to be prospered in every way. That help is first of all for us, just like the oxygen mask dropping down, or for whoever listens or whoever hears the message, first receive that help from God for yourself. Then you can, out of the overflow, Give that same help to others. Amen. But first of all, he's looking for fruit, which is the character of the disciple. I'm going to go over to Galatians chapter 5. It's right before Ephesians. And in Galatians 5, there's a list. What God's character looks like. And now that you're born again. And have become a true disciple and believer of Jesus Christ. You have that same character in your born again spirit. And they are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Or if the King James might say meekness and temperance. But those nine gifts of the spirit are fruit of the spirit. Forgive me. There are also nine gifts of the spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is in Roman, I mean, uh, Galatians chapter 5. Uh, I'm sorry, I just spoke it without telling you where it was. Uh, it starts in the 22nd verse. 
of Galatians chapter 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, or faith. Same word in the Greek, folks. So that's why you see faith in the King James and faith. I've seen people argue over this. And when you look it up, it's the same word. Gentleness and self-control. I can tell you, you can't be faithful without having faith. Not to God. Against these, there are no law, you see. So that's the character of God. Those things are all good. And believe me, you do have them full-blown and full-grown in your born-again spirit. You say, I don't have patience. Yes, you do. If you don't have patience, you don't have Jesus. Now, let me clarify that. We cannot discern what's in our born-again spirit with our natural senses. Our emotions, our free will, our personality is in our soulish realm. It's the decider in our lives. And then we have our flesh, fleshly body. We have to decide whether to believe God, choose God, this, this born-again spirit, the mind of Christ, the kingdom of God that is within us, or choose the flesh who always wants what it wants, goes by what it feels and sees and hears and its emotions, and it's governed by those emotions. We're supposed to govern our emotions. I can't help how I feel. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Because God says you can. So we have anger. I use that as an example. So does God. Our anger, though, the Bible says our battle is not against flesh and blood. So our battle, our anger should be directed at Satan and his army that is out to get you. You are in a war. That's thus the... the the uh, armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6. Yeah. All right. I don't want to get off too far. But this fruit of the Spirit is what God is looking for as far as the character in the believer. We, you need to develop these characteristics. What it is, it's like a muscle. Because I, I use faithfulness as, 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 as one of the fruit of the Spirit. And... Faith, we know, is something like a muscle. It's there. You have the faith of Jesus. But now we don't, may not be seeing all the mountains moved out of our lives like we want to. God has not forsaken you. God is not deciding, yes, grant that one. No, don't grant that one. Uh, I'm teaching this one something. No, put sickness on that one. That's not true. That's what you hear in a lot of the cop-out pulpits around the world. But it's not true because it doesn't line up with the Word of God. Jesus was accused of those sort of things. And he said in John 10, 10, no, the thief, the devil, who he saw fall from heaven like lightning, he said he comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. He comes to steal from you. In every way. To kill you. In every way. Death has lots of forms. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly or to the full. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And well, we did see Jesus. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Because God was with him. And he was anointed with power and with the Holy Ghost. He never put sickness on anyone. He healed someone. He said, now go and sin no more, lest something worse comes upon you. He didn't say, lest I put something worse, or my father. The enemy is the one who wants you to open that door for him. If you backed up in, Romans, in, in Galatians 5, you could see all of the other things that came before that. He made another list there. The old man, the ways of our old man before we were renewed. And uh, he said, uh, starting at the 16th verse, I say, walk by the Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. And that means to set your mind on the spiritual truths of God and agree with God. Huh? That's all. Walking after the Spirit is just agreeing with God. Amen. But he said, 
Set, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. So you see, you're in this, you're in this, you're in this life. But now you've been translated to the kingdom of light, out of the kingdom of darkness. But you've been left in a world that's run by the kingdom of darkness. Nothing compelling you to agree with it anymore, though. As a matter of fact, it goes against your new nature. But you still can decide. You can still sin with the best of them. But you, you don't have to. And God said he'll never allow more to come upon you than you can handle. And he'll always give you a way of escape. That's encouraging. That just means just, just hold on and believe God. Look up. Look up. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord. I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The Lord rebuke you, Satan. You have nothing in me. I cancel every assignment that you have against me. Get your hands off of me and everything and everyone attached to me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Everything that has a name has to bow the knee to Jesus. Cancer has to bow to Jesus. Cancer, leave. Everyone in here, be healed completely from the head of your crown of your head to the soles of your feet. I command in the name of Jesus, I speak health and wholeness over every one of you and everyone listening to this message in any format at any time. You're healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh for these are opposed to each other. You don't have a dual nature, but you still have a flesh and it still wants what it wants. It wants what feels good. It wants for right now. It wants microwave mentality. <laughs> These are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit of God, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality... Impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against those, there is no law. And those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Anyway, I'm going to turn away from there because I could just keep reading there too. It's all good. Amen. But the second thing that God is looking for in fruit, by the way of fruit, is that you as believers win other believers to the Lord. Huh? Through your lives. Yeah. Trees that grow up out of a fruit tree are your offspring, right? If you're the fruit tree, and from the seed that you sow, other fruit trees rise up. Then you are doing your part for the kingdom of God. I guess here's an example. I have fruit trees in my backyard. When we found out we had our first grandchild coming, I said, well, I have a giant backyard we had seven huge red oaks that all died off one by one and when we had them all taken out I said you know I think grandchildren will like fruit trees and so 
I plant, planted some. And so Harper is going to be six in October. When we knew she was coming, I planted some fruit trees. I have uh, some didn't quite make it. And some, I, so I have three really healthy, beautiful pear trees. I have an apple tree, which had started putting on a little fruit as it grew and developed and matured. And then this year we had a bumper crop. I mean, uh, recently, whatever holidays or birthdays we had. Anyway, we had, you know, just family. Harper's been out there picking them every time she comes over. And, and uh, people came and got other family members got some and made desserts with them for family gatherings and stuff like that. It's awesome. I go out there and I water the trees and I just eat an apple right off the tree. Never sprayed anything on them, so that's, I guess that's about as organic as it gets. <laughs> but you know, right beside that tree, because uh, we just had Samantha's birthday and she's, she's our baby girl. And so anyway, she loves plants. And I noticed I had a little apple tree, well, that tall whatever that is, and growing right next to the apple tree. Hmm? You know where that apple tree came from? Because that apple tree dropped the apples and the seeds went into the ground and it produced after its kind, after its own nature, it reproduced. Huh? So... I was gonna dig that up and give that to Samantha for her birthday. And uh, I needed to do that before Tuesday when uh, the lawn guy came and I didn't. And so, but you know what? It's gonna come back because it's got roots. And I'll put a little protecting thing around it and I'll get it up out of there. I tried to dig it up, but uh, I had a sharpshooter instead of the right kind of shovel and it was really hot and I was in a hurry and I didn't get finished with it and so it got mowed. <laughs> Proverbs 11.30 says, He who wins souls is wise. Hmm? Are you a soul winner? You want to be a soul winner? If you do, you're wise. I'll tell you the key to this, because we're talking about the kingdom of God and the laws of God and the principles that apply to those laws. And the key to this is we need to remain or abide, as it says in the scripture, in Jesus by holding on to, to him, by holding on to his word, keeping it close to our heart, making it our own. Not just a good story or a good message or that was encouraging or comforting. No, we need to take these truths and make them so real to us that we can no longer stand the lie. Amen. And once we do that, we'll be heading in the right direction. huh? Keeping it close to our hearts. And by obeying his commands. Isn't that what it said? I don't want to read it again if I don't have to. I might start reading the next chapter. When we're corrected by the word of God, mind you, not like some teach. There's a reason I say this like I do to make you think I'm picking on other people. I'm not. The word of God is what God uses to correct us. This word is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. And all scripture is God-breathed, given out by inspiration of God. And it's useful for correction and training in righteousness. All the things that are needed to, to help us and to fix us, sort of, as we go. And God will speak to us through his word. And as we look into this mirror of the word and we allow the mirror to read us and we don't leave anything hidden behind our back like this, clutched in our hand. Oh, not this, Lord, which most of us do. Everything else you have access to, but not this. I got this. I'm afraid what you might say about this. It might be too painful for me to give up or change this. So foolish because what you have is 
you're holding on to so tightly, God has something much greater that he wants to give you. But you got to, you know, in our lives, you know, big doors swing on little hinges. The Bible says it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. That might be helping somebody. But when God corrects us by the word, if we're true disciples, it's for doing wrong. Let's just face it, right? But when we're pruned, like he talks about in John 15, he's taking away good branches. He's taking away good branches so that we can bear even better fruit. He's the master gardener. He is the the husbandman. He is the owner of the vineyard. He knows what he knows. And it's good. He knows everything. He knows everything about you, everything you need. So sometimes, though it may seem painful, this is a reward, not a punishment. Huh? So we should submit to the process with confidence. Yeah. Even though it may seem painful at the time, it's really a blessing. But let me tell you this. People, you, regarding other people, are not the gardener. You are not the one who does the pruning. I'm just going to let you hear that. Because I'm talking to some people here, maybe. Maybe not. I know some people that I am talking to. I'm, I deal with people all over the place. In all walks of life. Ministry, the unsaved, the saved. And in all those walks of life, I know people who have made themselves out to be the gardener. And I just told you who that is. And folks, you make a bad Holy Spirit. (laughs) And so do I. We need to let God do the fixing. You can do more damage than, than help when you push too hard and try to cut away things you don't know what you're doing we'll just leave that at that (laughs) and I want to tell you what he talks about here the rewards that he mentioned did you hear those in in chapter 15 of John what oh okay because there are great rewards did you catch those we'll just go over them a few because he said we get our prayers answered by doing this now see there's you cannot outgive God. So when a God is asking you to do something, it's not like the Old Testament where it was do good, get good, do bad, get beat. There's a new covenant. That's this blank page between Malachi and Matthew. It means a whole lot. It means Jesus bore the penalty for all our sins. We don't have to go kill a goat or a pigeon or anything like that every time we screw up. And every time we, and just for in case we screwed up, oh man, there were some laws. If a lizard dropped in your pot, that thing had to go. Huh? Now we got palm olive. You know, dawn, sorry. My wife will be saying, no, dawn, dawn. Okay, she's right. Dawn is better. Send me a check, Don, for the ministry. The advancement of the kingdom of God. We get our prayers answered. John 15, 7 says, if, if you remain in me, Jesus again speaking, ask whatever you wish. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now see, he's talking to who though? His disciples, true believers. True disciples, not the world, because see, the world hears that and they're like, hey, awesome. This is a real friend with benefits. (laughs) But 
It's all about relationship with Jesus. It's all about the, your relationship with the King of Kings. Amos 3.3, so regarding whatever you pray for, you will receive. Let's just see what he's talking about when he's talking to his true disciples or his true believers. These are people that love him and are by, abide in his truth, his word. They've made it their own. Amos 3.3, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? In lockstep, walking and talking, huh? And he's saying, assuming that you understand he means you must agree with him. <laughs> he's not going to become like the world, is he? So Amos 3.3, how can two walk together except they be agreed? So he's assuming that we're in agreement with him, okay? And then Psalm 37, verse 4, this is the scripture it says, he will give you the desires of your heart. Most people know that scripture, and that's the only half of it, which is the latter half of the scripture that you hear them speak. The first part says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. What's the difference? <clears throat> Everything. By delighting yourself in the Lord, you basically have come into lockstep with the Lord. You're walking together in agreement, huh? So now, you are in agreement with the Lord, with the Word of God, with His vision, with His desires, His love, His, help, His desire for you to bear fruit. All of the things that He wants because He loves you, you are in agreement with Him about now. And so... Your dreams and his dreams are the same. Because you've allowed him to place his dreams in your heart. You set aside all the big plans you had for this world. And said, Lord, I surrender all. Your will be done. I don't know what that looks like. I don't want to know what it means. This is an honest, good prayer to start with. But... Whatever it is, I know it's good. I've come to the place where I trust you, that you are good God, and there's a bad devil who is out to kill me, but you're not the one doing the bad thing. So whatever you want, not what some preacher tells me you want, not what some person tells me you want, I'm going to seek you, and I'm going to, the Lord said, if you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. And then I'm going to show you wonderful things that you didn't know. God created you with a purpose and a plan for your life. And you need to find out what that calling, that purpose is. People hear that calling. Oh, I'm not called to the ministry. Probably not. God needs bankers, doctors, lawyers, Indian chiefs. He needs everything. Chief bottle washers, cooks, garbage men. Whatever he call you to do, though, that's where you're going to have peace and purpose and you're going to be happy. You're going to be filled with the joy of the Lord. Doesn't mean you won't have problems in this life. You will, but be encouraged. I've overcome the world, what he said. The next thing is that the Father is glorified when we bear much fruit. John 15, 8 says, by this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. And so prove to be my disciples. You may think that I'm against Christian denominational things because I talk about, I poke fun at everybody. Because I'm so glad that I do because I don't mean it in a, in a hurtful way. I do it to make you think. And I do it because believe me, we're all silly to God. He loves us, but when we get all uppity that haughty we know something and better than let me tell you it's all laughable to god our righteousness apart from him and the free gift of righteousness that he has bestowed upon us in christ but all of our righteousness apart from him is as filthy rags and so it's good to just take a chill pill and laugh at ourselves a little bit folks and that's all I mean by that. And it, I'm not against anyone. Nothing could be further from the truth, actually. I love Jesus, and I love his people. 
that's a fact, or those are facts. Them, them there are facts. <laughs> what I'm against are teachings that are not of God because they get in the way of the relationship that God wants with His people. A personal relationship, not a relationship through a, a booth where you're talking to another sinner who's talking to God for you. Let me tell you, folks, that's not God. I'm sorry. That, that I'm sorry that that hurts some feelings, but I'm not sorry for telling the truth. Jesus was compassionate and loving and caring, but always being nice was not his motivation. He told the truth when it cost him his life. Because it's the truth, the known truth that we know and apply in our lives that sets us free. But God's not against, let me make this clear. God, I'm the first one, I've ministered to, I can't even tell you how many people. And I'm the first one that tell them, hey, God doesn't despise you for your denominational setting or background or where. God loves you wherever you at. And if you really want God, he will find you. I guarantee you that. In spite of anything else, in spite of your religion and doctrines of men, God will find you if you really want the real Jesus. Yes, he will. Amen. So he's not judging people based on their denomination or their title or their position in itself. What he does, he looks down and he looks at the heart. He looks down and he sees the fruit and he says, that one's my disciple. My sheep. Amen. We need to focus on the things that cause us to glorify God in our lives. Wouldn't you agree? To bear fruit unto God. So the essence of everything in the Christian life is to glorify God. And so that's a great litmus test. That should be the question that we're asking ourselves daily, hourly, all the time. The check up from the neck up. Examine yourself to see whether you be in the faith. If it's not faith, it's sin. So examine yourself to see whether you be in the faith. Or am I walking in faith or am I walking in fear? Am I promoting the devil's uh, attempts and victories and talking him up? Oh, the devil is really active. Really, that real devil is really, I get it. I do. But we should make that the briefest part of the conversation and expound on all the wonderful things that God has provided. But God, but God, but God said this. By Jesus' stripes, I am healed. Well, if you were healed, you remain healed. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he did it for one, he'll do it for you. God wants you well. Am I sowing good seed or am I sowing bad seed? Romans 3.3 says, We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The glory of God. Fallen short of glorifying God through that old past sinful Man that we were, amen, or woman. But once we're reborn of the spiritual seed of God's word, then we through faith and obedience can begin to glorify God. So it's a great opportunity to give back. (laughs) Hallelujah. In this life. At the end of that scripture, John 15, 8, it also says something else, doesn't it? It says that bearing fruit proves that you are a true disciple. But I tell you, that little apple tree that I'm going to dig up, it wasn't produced by any effort on the part of that apple tree, was it? That mature tree... It's almost six years old now. It just did its thing. 
didn't it? <laughs> See, I have a pear tree right next to that apple tree. It's got some pears on it. It couldn't have made that apple tree no matter how hard it tried. That's the law of Genesis. Everything is in seed form, everything that lives. And it produces after its own kind or its own nature. It's just what it does. That's who it is. That's why I say when a real born again believer, sometimes they get caught up in condemnation. They live in the they living in life in the rear view mirror. They got all this baggage they're dragging in and everybody in their life now pays the price for something that somebody else did in the past. And that's not good. But now, if you are born again, you're really a hypocrite if you continue living a life after the flesh. You see? Because what the world is like, the, like the old Madras crab. You got a basket, a laundry basket full of crabs, these Madras crabs. And what do they do? One, go for it, man. He's going to climb out of that sucker and he's almost to the top. And every single time, another one grabs him and pulls him back down. They'll never get out of that basket. It's the same way when someone comes to the Lord. Because every lake sees its own level, you see. And nobody wants to see somebody that's trying to live for God around them, reminding them of their sin. So they're going to call you a hypocrite when really, no. I was a hypocrite when I tried to be good and I wasn't good. Yeah. That's what creates false religion and cults. When people that have not received the newborn spirit of God, the seed of the living God in them, how can they reproduce something godly? You can't knock on my door on Saturday morning. I don't care how many hundreds of doors you've knocked on or miles you've walked or how much of this Bible and another book that you've memorized. You cannot reproduce Jesus in me because you don't have him in yourself. And if you stop short of calling him God, then quit calling him good. Amen. The third benefit from John 15, 9 says, if we bear fruit, we will remain in God's love. Now, that's a good one. We won't wander away, but we will stay of our own free will if we bear fruit. So many people have wandered away from God. It's so sad to watch. Over the years, the longer you running this marathon, the more you see people drop out of the race. And it's really sad because what they do, they get a revelation of the grace of God. The one law that they pay attention to, they misunderstand it. It's misrepresented to them. They oh, cool, man. Everything's good. I can do whatever I want. It's all covered by grace. None of that even makes sense. It doesn't line up with the Word of God. And they go off and they think they're good. And next thing you know, the wolf has devoured them. And they're worse off than they were in the beginning. And it's heartbreaking. But he says, if you remain in me, um, bear fruit, then you will remain in God's love. Nothing else is going to compensate for the total well-being and security and fulfillment that we long for and need than abiding in, in God and staying in His love. Amen? Amen? Colossians 3 says you died with Christ and now your life is hidden in Christ. So this is not something that the world can see. 
And so we don't give them too hard of a time because it says those without the Spirit of God cannot even, they, don't, they can't comprehend the things of God. So we, we love them because once we were there too. Amen. But they don't even have the ability to understand that. But you are hidden in Christ. And that's a very comforting place. This is who we are. And what we enjoy as we remain in Him and bear fruit in His name. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Oh, man. I want to get off into another law and some principles. But I'm going to wait until next week, and I'll have a good place to start. Cut you, cut you loose today. But uh, I'd like to end in some more praise and worship, if you would, as Messiah uh, begins to play. I'll just pray, and, uh, and I'm going to come out there. I'm going to pray for some of you while she's playing. And Psalm 103, 19 says, The Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. That's everything. In heaven and on the earth and below the earth. Jesus has authority or dominion or control over it all. And we need to understand how the principles and the laws of the kingdom work so that we can benefit from them. Amen. Did you get anything out of this today? Ready to go forth and bear fruit? Start with yourself and then go help others. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us and for your truth and your grace and for loving us and teaching us how to bear fruit and to develop the fruit of the Spirit in our own character and through our lives to help others to come to the kingdom of God that they might perpetuate as well and bring others into the kingdom. Thank you for loving us in Jesus' name. Amen.